This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I mean, stop, Seager! Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. Welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here as the Mariners fall to the Kansas City Royals last night, swept aside by KC. That was a tough one last night. Now the Mariners, there's four games left until the All-Star break, trying to get something together before the break, a little momentum before the break. The A's come in for four. Talk about that in a second, but it's not a good start last night as Casey jumped all over the M's. Miranda coughs up four in the first, but the Mariners would charge back as they would stack up some offense. Two in the first, three in the second, one in the third. Jason Vargas delivers a swing and a high fly ball deep to straightaway left field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball. Into the Royals' bullpen, Mike Zunino jumping on the first pitch from Jason Vargas, leading off the bottom of the second, his 12th home run of the season. And now it's a one-run ball game. It's now the Royals' four and the Mariners' three on Mike Zunino's 12th home run of the year. Here's the pitch of the way, swinging a high fly ball into center field, drifting back, racing back, warning track, Kane, he is there, but it's gone. Straight away center field, goodbye baseball. Gene, Gene, the hitting machine, Segura. A home run, straightaway center field. Lorenzo Kane flat running out of room. He got to the top of the wall. But Segura with a two-run home run right up the middle with Dyson aboard. And the Mariners now have the lead. 5-4 to four over Kansas City. And they turn this around in a hurry. Segura with his sixth home run of the season. How about that? The 1-1 to Cruz. Swing, muscled, thumped, and crushed, and the drought has come to an end. Nelson Cruz absolutely obliterates that pitch from Jason Vargas. It has been over a month, 24 games since Nelson Cruz last teed off, and he has extended the Mariners' lead. It is 6-4, the third home run today already against Jason Vargas. So at that point, the M's led 6-4, to four, and they were doing it against Jason Vargas, who has had a tremendous year this year, an all-star. They push his ERA up to 2.62 with six earned runs and five innings of work. But that was it for the offense for the day. No more add-on the rest of the day. The M's didn't score past the third inning. KC would put two on the board in the fifth. They would tie it up. Both starters 
This was supposed to be somewhat of a pitcher's duel, and it ended up being a slugfest, especially early. It was 6-6. Six to six. The bullpens took over. It was scoreless going into extra innings, going into the 10th, and that's when KC would take the lead that they would keep. Swing and a high lift out to right field. This is trouble. Hanniger is on the track. He leaps, and it's gone. Opposite field blast by Salvador Perez, his 17th of the season. It was hammered. It comes in the 10th inning, and the Royals have now taken an 8-6 lead. Three on the board in the 10th, and Kansas City wins 9-6. to six. They sweep aside the Mariners. Yeah, I think, you know, there was a lot in that ballgame. Um, I thought, um, you know, Miranda, um, you know, giving up the four spot in the first inning. You know, he's been so good. Um, you know, made a couple mistakes there, and you know, they put a big number up against us. I thought a, a great effort by our guys to get right back in the game. I thought we responded, you know, the right way there um, and swung the bats, you know, something we hadn't been scoring many runs here at home lately. So, you know, nice to get, get back into the game and then eventually, you know, get back on top, um, you know, and, and Kane hit the big home run off Miranda again to tie it up. And, you know, after that, I thought, uh, you know, for the most part, our, our bullpen did a good job uh, to keep him in check. It was going to come down to, you know, getting a big hit. And, you know, and I thought off of Zanino's bat there in the ninth inning, that, that was the big hit. But, you know, it's baseball. Uh, but I think, you know, on the positive side, we did swing the bats much better tonight. Um, and, and coming back uh, in that game, been easy to shut it down. But our, our guys di- didn't do that. We got, we got after it and, and had the lead there, you know, for a little bit. So, um, you know, it's a critical point in our season right now. You know, it, it really is. Uh, we haven't played well here uh, over the last 10 days or so. Uh, we, we have struggled, and, and we got to get it turned around, uh, moving in the right direction here, headed in the All-Star break. Um, so, you know, again, there was some good signs tonight, but you know, didn't get it done in the end, and, and we needed to have that ball game tonight, and I just didn't, didn't get the big hit when we needed it. Well, I mean, you know, Vargas is having a great year. We were on him early. Uh, he made a little adjustments there. Their, their bullpen, you know, threw the ball well. Uh, we had one. I think we had rally going in the seventh inning. A couple guys on. We hit in the double play ball. Um, you know, it wasn't a lot, uh, but that's kind of how those games. You know, a little bit early, you got to find a way, you know, to scratch out a run or just keep constant pressure on them. And, and uh, you know, they kept more pressure on us than obviously we we put on them tonight. He was, which is what he did last time out. You know, he, he started to go, um, you know, to some of the slower stuff, you know, the split and the slider early in the game. He didn't have a feel for it tonight like he did last time out. Uh, got in some fastball counts. Um, you know, Hosmer had the, the double. And then, uh, you know, Moustakas, who's really, really hot right now. Uh, we saw that uh, in the last three games and, and made some mistakes to those guys. But, uh, you know, to Miranda's credit, I thought he really um, he got after it after that inning. and knew he had to somehow find it, uh, and he did. You know, he got us to a decent point in the game. You know, that the two-out homer again, that Kane put up in the fifth was a big hit. Um, you know, we get through the fifth, we're probably going to our bullpen there with a two-run lead. But, you know, we didn't quite get there. You said, you know, Nelly can put him up in bunches. He gets the one tonight. He almost gets another one. Again, game of inches. You know, that's probably six inches to a foot from that's another home run tonight. But it was great to see him get one out of the ballpark tonight. Um, he can do that. He is, you know, he's streaky, and, and they will come in bunches for him. But, you know, you can see he's he's struggling to, you know, hobbling around on the field. But, you know, he is a gamer. He he wants in, and we certainly, you know, love his bat. You know, being up in our lineup. So, um, hopefully, it continues to get better with the knee, just day to day with that. What would you see in the top of the 
Uh, you know, positives. I mean, we get the you know we had the air early. Uh, you know, it, it, you're putting positives in a situation. You know, their left-handed hitters have been so hot for them. You know, uh, what Hosmer and Mustakas has done, I thought Paz was the right guy to go to. Um, and you know, we just to get it done. He made a mistake to, to Salvi Perez, put a good swing on it, opposite field home run. You know, if you're going to make him hit a homer, you know, you want him to go to a big part of the park, and you know, just got a ball too much on the plate there. So. Um, you know, I don't. You know, Pazos is going to go after you. That's who he is. Um, just, just uh, you know, you gotta tip your hat to Salvi on that one. Put a good swing on it, and we didn't get the ball right where we wanted it. That's have been a little, a little streaky, but Segura kind of one guy that's just been. Yeah, Gene had a good again, night again tonight. You know, with the home run to center field, and um, you know he has been consistent. That's what he does. You know, he finds a way to get the barrel on the ball, and you know gives you a good at bat. You know, almost every time up there. And KC playing some great baseball right now. Kansas City. They have uh, won four in a row, and right now they hold the second wild card. And now just half game back of the Yankees, who have lost a couple in a row. So we've talked about the second wild card this whole time, but the Yankees have been pulled back to the pack. But the Mariners now looking up at several teams now with three losses in a row, and now four games below five hundred, which is why these next four are pretty important. Because you have the Yankees a half game up on Kansas City. Kansas City at 44 and 40. They hold the second wild card. They're 7 and 3 in their past 10. Twins lost last night. They're a game back. Tampa lost last night. They're a game back. You have the Angels who won a game below 500 at 44 and 45, two and a half. Texas three and a half back. They were winners, 41 and 44. Now the Mariners four back at 41 and 45. And Baltimore, 40 and 44. They've lost three in a row. They're four back as well. So still, I mean, things change so rapidly in this thing. You win four, you lose four. It changes everything dramatically. Right now, the Mariners could use that four-game winning streak as they'll take on the Oakland A's today. So a four-game series with Oakland. Mariners are going to send Gavilio to the hill. He's been really good all year, consistently giving the Mariners a chance to win time in and time out. Paul Blackburn will get the start for the Oakland A's. Only his second Major League start. And his first went six innings, allowed three hits, just one run, was not earned, very talented. Only gave up three hits in that one. So the Mariners will see a starter they have not seen before. And, in fact, not many have seen before. First-round pick of the Cubs in 2012. His start came against Atlanta on July 1st. So Blackburn getting the call against Gavilio in Game 1 of this series tonight. We'll talk about all the uh, the rest of the how the weekend looks coming up in the podcast tomorrow. So right now we're going to reminisce with a former Mariner, Paul Sorrento, former first baseman for the Mariners, now assistant hitting coach, for the Angels, he tells uh, he tells some good stories, particularly about Lou Pinella. As most players who played for Lou Pinella, they have a good Lou Pinella story. He's got one. You spent two years in a Mariners uniform, 96-97, uh, a playoff appearance and some records set offensively. You played on some big offensive clubs. What are your memories about playing for the Seattle Mariners? Well, I think just that. I think uh, I look back on the lineup that we had uh, – <laughs> It was pretty good. Um, two great years there. Loved my teammates there. Uh, two really good teams. Uh, like you said, we scored a lot of runs, but uh, a bunch of good characters there too on those teams. Um, 
Lou as a manager leading the way. Uh, he was fun to play for, but Jay and Griff and Edgar, uh, really fun teams to play on. Rick Riss told me, if you didn't bring it up, to ask you about the home run in Texas. <laughs> he talks about that as a legend. Tell me about the home run in Texas. Well, it's funny because it was off uh, one of my best friends, Kenny Hill. And uh, Rick always tells the story that, you know, once I hit it, he, he lost track of it. And uh, he talks it up pretty good, so tell him to keep talking it up. But it was just one of those home runs that, you know, you got a good uh, – Got a good piece of it, and Texas was a good hit in park, so I guess it went a pretty good ways. But um, tell him to keep talking about it, though. He's making me look good for sure. I think it goes longer every year, too, which is good. Exactly. Tell him to keep going. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) You mentioned Edgar, uh, obviously, in the other dugout as the hitting coach, and his vote for a Hall of Fame continues to increase. What was it like watching him as a hitter on a day-to-day basis? Well... It was really fun, you know. It was really one of those guys that uh, could carry a team for a long time, and uh, he was a great teammate. But uh, I think the mo- I think the one thing that stands out the most is probably just him being so consistent and hitting the ball hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about it now as exit velo. <laughs> you know, I'd have liked to have seen his back in the day because it was line drive after line drive. You know, and. Uh, just the way he went about his business, very professional, and um, there's no doubt that he should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think it's time to uh, kind of open those gates up for those guys that kind of settled into more of a DH role later on in their career. Um, but I think there's a spot in the Hall for for sure. You had a couple of really productive seasons, what, over 50 home runs in two years. What was it about uh, being in Seattle that brought out all that production? Yeah, you know, I, I think like you said, it was just I was I was in a great lineup. Um, I really enjoyed Lee Ilya was our hitting coach. I learned a lot from Lee. Uh, to this day, I still teach a lot of the things he told me. So um, obviously, Lou was there as well, who was a real good hitting guy. But I think just being in that lineup, there was always a lot of opportunities. Uh, you had guys sitting in front of you and behind you, and. Uh, Playing in the kingdom didn't help either. You know, obviously, uh, great hitting park, so that helped a lot too. You mentioned Lou. Do you have a good Lou story that you can tell? Um, I was facing Darren Oliver, left-handed pitcher mm-hmm. for Texas, and uh, first at bat, I think I got to like a 2-0 count. Throws me a fastball and just shatters my bat in like 15 places. I come in from the field and. I started throwing stuff around and uh, threw my helmet. And he came up to me after. He said, hey, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. It's my fault for putting you in there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got a laugh out of that. It didn't help at the time, but I think that's one of the things that kind of sticks out with Lou. He was, uh, he kind of knew what to say at the right time, but uh, I guess that sticks out to me. And finally, we mentioned Edgar in the Hall of Fame. Griffey, of course, going in the Hall of Fame, teammates with him for a couple of years. What is it like being a teammate with him on a daily basis? Oh, it was great. Um, Kenny would give you the shirt off his back. Uh, very good teammate. Uh, worked extremely hard, but just going out and watching him play every night just made the game look so easy. Although it wasn't, you know, I know how much time he put in and how much work he put in, but just on an every night basis watching him hit I mean 
I think I, I, I was there for his MVP season. It was he just put up like video number, video game numbers. It was 320 and like 50 and like 150, you know. So just to watch him play every night was just was just awesome, you know. You didn't realize it, I guess, as a player, how you're in the presence of greatness, you know, or a guy that comes around him once every 25 years, you know. It's uh, so it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun playing with him. How much have you enjoyed coaching? It's been great. You know, it's something that um, kind of took some time off when I retired, raised the kids. And as I got older, uh, kind of more independent, um, you tend to miss the game. And uh, uh, Angels gave me an opportunity to kind of get back into it. And it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, obviously, it's baseball, so it's been frustrating at times. But, uh, you know, just for me personally, just being able to, uh, watch Albert and you know every, on an everyday basis has been great you know Hall of Famer in his own right and uh, you know watching one of the youngest you know greatest stars in the game and Mike so that's been really uh, it's been a great experience for me uh, but I've enjoyed it chance so to visit far, with yeah. Mariners oh, trainer Rob Nodine thank you so much Rob, for the time uh, and thanks for sharing some fun stories do a great job stories. with this ball yeah, club along with you. Rick Griffin and Matty Toth and all the people trying to keep these guys healthy throughout the course of the year how did you get started in this business well I uh, first uh, went to school at UNLV and I knew that I had always wanted to do something in uh, the health field uh, at first I went to physical therapy uh, school and uh, into the sports medicine track but uh, then I took a class in athletic training with one of my friends and realized that that was more to my liking. I got to work with athletes, and they're motivated, and I was out of outdoors. So that was a big plus for me. That was my first introduction into athletic training. Athletic training, sports medicine, you can go into any sport, basketball, football, why baseball? It was interesting. I had really never followed baseball until I got into athletic training. Then I worked with the UNLV uh, baseball team uh, while I was there. And then I got an opportunity, actually my junior year, to go to the Oakland A's and interview for one of their jobs. I subsequently turned that down because I had a job in Battle Mountain, Nevada as a uh, wildland firefighter during the summer. So I did that instead. And then I got another opportunity after I graduated in December of 92 to come work for the Mariners in Riverside, California. So that's where I got my first uh, introduction into baseball. And it's been uh, a passion of mine since. I really enjoy the sport of baseball, being outdoors, and the guys are great and, and just working with them every day. Spent time in the minor leagues. How did you get here? Well, I spent uh, 14 years in the minor leagues, all with the Mariners. I've only been with uh, the Seattle Mariners uh, for 25 years now. My first year, like I said, was in Riverside, California in the California League and worked my way up through A-ball, Double-A uh, Texas League and the Eastern League and the Southern League as well. And then uh, went to Tacoma in 2000 one and started there came up here in 2007 visiting with Mariners trainer Rob Nodine here on Rick's Tips what's the best part of the job for you the camaraderie with the guys uh, I really really enjoy uh, working with them trying to keep them on the field to play at their optimal level I, I enjoy the organization especially the people I work with on a day-to-day basis I think that that's my passion I enjoy working with people 
What's a typical day like for a, a trainer at the big league level? Unfortunately, it's busier this year than we uh, we have we have all liked. So I think our, our main focus is preparing the guys to get them on the field uh, on a daily basis to be able to perform at their optimal level. Um, it's been a challenge this year with all of the uh, injuries that we've had and uh, working with Matt and Rick to get our rehab players back to where they can help out the team as well. I, I, we were constantly... Uh, looking at our programs and looking at the players to make sure that we are giving them every opportunity to be out on the field. Tell me a little bit about how how do these guys get ready day in and day out because this is a marathon 162 game schedule. You have spring training, the off season. These guys try to stay in the best shape they possibly can. What's it like for a position player compared to a pitcher on a daily basis? Position players, they they're playing every day. They have they have their routines that they go through, and I think a lot of it is about consistency and staying uh, with their programs that uh, ensures that they're healthy. and And that's the same thing with us in the athletic training room. For the position players, we're monitoring their their lower bodies and their their uh, arms and uh, their core as well. And with with our performance staff, James Clifford and Chad Eline, we all work together and communicate to make sure that uh, we're keeping in tune with the players and make make sure that we don't miss anything as far as the pitchers they're on a our starting pitchers are on a five-day rotation to where their programming goes through uh, between each start and there's quite a bit of difference between the position players and the pitchers but everybody's on a program everybody has their exercises that they do and we just keep them consistent throughout the whole season Rob, a young man, young lady, wants to get into this business. What's the best advice to try to get to this level? Uh, education. Uh, education is, is a huge thing. Uh, obviously, that's where everything starts. You have to have a passion for it, and you have to have a desire. If, if you don't like spending hours working with guys, and, and it's a... It's a job that is is behind the scenes, and that's that's where it should be. Um, you have to be diligent and thorough and thoughtful. Uh, these guys are, are first and foremost people too, and they are the uh, everything to our organization. So uh, everything that you do is have to be focused on the person and the player, and taking care of them and putting them before you. Rob, I know you, Rick, and Maddie, and everybody in this medical business here in Seattle. I was good as anybody, the best in the business. Thanks a lot for being our guest here on Rick's Tips. Appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. I, I appreciate the opportunity. All right. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.